0: You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. Genesis chapter 25, how many ready for the word? Verse 29, it says, Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And he said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, sell me your birthright. Someone say birthright. Esau said, I'm about to die. What good is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright. Verse 34, then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew. He ate and drank, rose and went on his way. Thus Esau... Despised his birthright. I came to tell you today fasting is easy in the presence of God. The title of This Message is Fasting is Easy. Let's pray. So, Lord, we declare that this is your day. We'll rejoice and we're glad in it. Lord, we declare right now that your word is true and that every man's a liar. It's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Father, I pray right now that you would breathe upon your Logos word, your written word, and I pray you'd become alive. We declare today, Holy Spirit, that we don't just make room for you, but what we sang about today, we give you the entire room. We say no spirit, but the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. We say spirit of fear and any other tormenting spirit, you must go. Holy Spirit, come, rule and reign. Father, I thank you that nobody came to hear me. We all came to hear you. So we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. And all God's people said amen Amen. and amen. We are in a series called easy where hard things become easy in the presence of God. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Jesus did the hard things, so that we could come into relationship with him. He made the hard things easy for us. How many have been challenged by this series? How many have been provoked by this series? Now, here's what I found, is if you want life to be hard, you can partner with it. If you want spirituality to be hard, you can partner with what's hard. Or you can say, Jesus did the hard part, and I'm going to come under his yoke, and I'm going to walk in ease and in his grace. Amen? Come on, how have you been ministered in, 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 in walking in belief that healing is easy in the presence of God? Come on, that deliverance is easy in the presence of God. That, 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 that giving and obedience is easy in the presence of God. That evangelism is easy in the presence of God. We believe that God is taking these hard things, and he's making them easy. When I was asking the Lord what he wanted us to teach on in this series, one of the things he put on my heart was fasting. As I was ministering this week or, or praying and studying this week, I, I felt in my spirit that some of you have dishonored fasting in your heart. And here's the, the, the picture I got, that you have turned your heart away from fasting. Even when I say the word fasting, you've already begun to shut off or shut down, where you've made a determination, maybe you've partnered with bad theology and you believe that it's not for you. I wanna let you know that I've also done that at times. For about 15 years, I turned my heart off towards pastoring, where I said, I don't want to pastor, I will not pastor. I wouldn't let people even finish their sentence when they said, you should pastor. And the reason why is because of the dysfunction, the abuse, the hypocrisy that I saw and experienced in church, but maybe most of all, is I'd only seen church built around a man. And after God realigned my heart and got me to partner with the perfect will of God, did I see the the goodness of God? Did I see his perfect will in it? And I can tell you and testify today that I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. I cannot believe that I get to do what I do. And for years I turned my heart away from what I'm called to do in the perfect will of God. Are you hearing me today? So I would encourage you today, turn your heart towards fasting. Posture your heart. Let's have that same cry. Lord, we want everything that you have for us. Amen? So what is fasting? Fasting is the deliberate, temporary abstaining from food for spiritual reasons. I taught about this in deliverance. Fasting is denying the flesh and feeding the spirit. If you weren't aware... One of the ways that we teach you how to connect with God when you go through connect with God is fasting. And if you go to mercyculture.com and learn how you connect with God, there's tons of resources on how you can connect with God through fasting. amazing resources that are right there on the website that you can go and look at. And if you want more information, you can just text FAST to our all-inclusive number and what's on the website will be sent to your phone. But at Mercy Culture, we have this intimate relationship with fasting because we're passionate about growing in the things of God. My personal fasting journey started when I was in 10th grade. My youth pastor is a guy named Israel Campbell and he called me one day and he said, hey, you wanna fast with me? I'm like, what's that? He's like, we're not gonna eat. I'm like, why? He said, because we're gonna grow in God. I'm like, let's go. And so it was my sophomore year and I was playing sports and, 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 and so I fasted liquids during the day and then at lunchtime I ate one muffin. That was, that was my first fast. Liquids during the day in one muffin. And uh, Pastor Steve was also, when he was in high school, he wasn't in sports, but he was in band. And he did a different kind of fast. He only ate muffins. That was the... And by the way, I saw him run in the justice run, I think he's still on that fast. I'm joking, I'm joking. Someone said savage. <laughs> But let me, let, me, let me, as we're having fun and playing around, let me, let me give you a serious warning. And here's, here's the warning, is do not be religious in fasting. Yeah. And, and some people have already found themselves falling into that religious spirit when they say stuff like, well, the only kind of fasting there is, is, is just water fast. Well, that's biblically not true. And I believe this, is that God honors every fast that goal is to deny flesh and feed the spirit. So I'm gonna share with you just a couple different kind of fasts from a Biblical's perspective and from my journey. But here's what I want you to know, that all fasting is spiritually beneficial. So we have water fasts that we see in God's word. We have partial fasts that probably the most famous partial fast is known as the Daniel fast, where we see Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego abstain from the king's meats and sweets and wine. We see full fasts where Moses did this and Esther did this when Esther called all of Israel to not eating or drinking for a period of time. Uh, The fast that I do most is a liquid fast, which I drink juice and have uh, protein uh, shakes and things like that, that just anything liquid is a part of my fast. Uh, According to 1 Corinthians 7, 5, you have a married person's fast where they withhold intimacy when both married couples agree to deny their flesh, pursue the spirit, and then come back and join together in intimacy. Let me just pass to you for a moment. If you're not married, you should always be doing this fast. There wasn't a whole lot of amens from millennials and Gen Z right there. In fact, if you're not doing this fast, you're doing the opposite of deliverance where you are indulging in the flesh and denying your spirit. Don't make eye contact with someone. Just say, I don't even know who he's talking to. I don't even know who he's talking to. Then there's corporate fasts. Corporate fasts are when congregations or bodies come together and they fast in unity. We see this over and over where all Israel came in unity. We saw this in Esther as well, where all Israel came into unity and fasted for a particular reason or purpose. And uh, I, I wanna make sure that I'm clear about this, that when we call a corporate fast, it's for everyone. Someone say everyone. It's for everyone in the church, just not the people that don't like fasting. Because if it was just the people who don't like fasting, none of us would be fasting. Turn your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Some people ask the question, well, do I need to hear God before I fast? No, you need to hear God through your spiritual leaders. What you mean is is you have to push back past your rebellion to just do what you want to do, and you come in unity with the body. You come in unity with your church. You come in unity with your community. You come in unity with your spiritual leaders and say, yes, I'm going to come in unity and fast with this community that I spiritually wore and grow in. For a season of time, God called me to talking fasts. And there's no scripture that points this out where people volunteered to do this. There's just multiple times that God took people's ability to speak away. But I I felt the Lord call me to a, a season of talking fast because he was teaching me to learn his still small voice. And it's amazing how loud your thoughts are, the enemy's voice and God's voice is when you're not talking. I'm still praying and believing, interceding that God would call Heather to this fast. But he hasn't quite, yeah, I'm gonna move on, I'm gonna move on. The other service laughs, you guys are a little more raw, all right. If you weren't aware, mercy culture was built on prayer and fasting. So I'm gonna talk about not bragging and how to act when you're on a fast, but we're not fasting right now as a church, and so I'm not saying this to, to puff up myself or be braggadocious, but I'm using this as an example to teach, over the last six years I've done eight 40-day fasts, and there's been hundreds of people that have joined us on these fasts. There's been thousands of people that have been fasting. We actually planted and built this church in prayer and fasting. I'll share some more stories with you. And some of you would ask, well, what's it like to fast 40 days? I put a slide together that kind of outlines it. The first day is awesome. And by the time you get to the 40 days, it's just a different kind of awesome. It is a journey. Someone say it's a journey. Now, I'm not a fan of the experience of fasting. No one likes not to eat. But here's the thing is I'm obsessed with the results. I want to warn you that fasting without prayer is just a diet. And that's not what we're doing. This isn't uh, intermediate fasting for the workout enthusiast. They're like, sweet, I can be spiritual when I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do anyway. Someone's like, oh, I've, I've, been, I've been doing the Daniel fast for 10 years. No, you're a vegan, that's not fasting. Okay? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's spiritual. Turn to the other person and say, you too. So let me teach you a little bit about fasting. Fasting was God's idea. Genesis chapter 2. Verse nine, out of the ground, the Lord God gave growth to every tree. Someone say every tree. That was pleasing to the eye, good for food. In the middle of the garden was the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 16 says this, and the Lord commanded him, you may eat freely from every tree in the garden, but you must not eat or you must fast from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in that day, if you eat it, you will surely die. Watch this. God took Adam and Eve, put them in the garden, gave them as much food as they could possibly want, but set aside one tree and said, I want you to fast this. I want you to deny this. Watch this. The one thing, the one tree, the one fruit God said deny or fast is the one thing the enemy tempted them to give into. And what happened? They were removed from the garden. Or their inability to fast or deny created a separation or a distance between them and God. More about fasting, Jesus modeled a life of prayer and fasting. Matthew chapter four, verse one, we're gonna come back to this quite a few times today, says that Jesus was led up by the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. (coughs) Excuse me. Matthew chapter four, Jesus fasts. Right after Jesus fast, he begins his ministry with miracles. Jesus' ministry was birthed in prayer and fasting. I said this before, I'm gonna say it again, and I'll probably say it again. Fasting is for everyone. Turn to your neighbor and say everyone. Matthew chapter nine, verse 14, it says, then the disciples of John came to him asking, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, the tendons of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, look at this, and then they will fast. Jesus was saying this, that I'm gonna be taken away from you, I'm gonna die on the cross, I'm gonna conquer sin in the grave, I'm gonna to ascend to heaven, and after I am taken, then you will fast. This is important you understand this. Fasting is for the followers of Jesus or the disciples of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, raise your hand. Then fasting is for you. Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me or be my follower, let him first deny himself. Someone say deny. (laughs) Pick up his cross and follow me. Listen, when Jesus is teaching about discipleship, he's teaching about denying. This is what disciples do is we deny our flesh. you know what that word deny in the Greek and the Hebrew translates to? It means to say no. But here's the thing is if you don't teach yourself spiritual disciplines to say no, then you won't have the discipline to say no when temptation comes. Watch this. Jesus fasted for 40 days, then the tempter came, but he had already been saying no to his flesh for 40 days before he had to come and say no to the enemy. This is why so many people live in a state of giving into temptation because you do not deny your flesh before temptation comes. And this is the opposite message of most of the world. The world says, embrace who you are. Just, just give in to who you are. Celebrate who you are. And scripture says, deny who you are. Pick up your cross and follow me. The world says, my body, my choice. Scripture says, you are bought with the price. Your body's not your own. Honor God with your body. Listen, part of being a disciple is denying. And let me ask you this question. Is spiritual denying in your spiritual Rolodex? I'll say it this way. Do you continuously, frequently deny your flesh? Or do you constantly give in to your flesh and at one point or time, temptation may be too great or something might come your way and that's what takes you out because your pattern is to give into flesh. Fasting prepares you to deny your flesh. This is important because even in the church, we have issues with this. Because we look at people that need to deny their flesh as people that are struggle with drugs and alcohol and nicotine and, and, and they come to the altar and, and, and that, that's what they're, that's for. But what we don't think about is the saints that struggle with Oreos. It's quiet in this spirit filled church. A little guilty after Thanksgiving, I said, don't make eye contact with nobody. Just look forward, look forward the whole time. Just look forward. No, no, but I, I, let, let me press on this. Because the same people that lean on an addiction to cope, that may be some substance abuse, maybe you're abusing a substance that's called food. And scripture speaks to gluttony. So here's what I'm trying to tell you is this, this is something that is deep-rooted in people's lives. And what's beautiful is it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you're struggling with, it doesn't matter where you are spiritually, fasting is beneficial for all of us. Let me give you some practical advice on fasting. Let's, let's simplify these things. This is from my journey of, uh, of about 15, 20 years here on fasting. I encourage everybody to name your fasts. What do I mean name your fast? I mean you are putting a focus point on your fasts, that it's very intentional. Now I, wanna, I don't want you to be weird here, okay? Because some people are like, well, I don't know how to name fast." Can I go through a class on teaching me how to name fast? Yeah, I'm gonna give you the class in about 10 seconds right here. What are you believing God for? And you just describe What are you looking to grow in? What are you looking to conquer? What are you looking for God to do in your life? What do you have a burden for? There was at one time I had a fast called America fast. Guess what I prayed for? Look at you guys. (laughs) But whatever you are believing God for, or whatever is on your heart, name it. Put, Put some sort of focus point on your fast. When you're fasting, don't boast about it, but don't be weird. So there's two sides to this coin. There's two sides to this ditch. Where scripture's saying don't boast about it. Or, you know, don't come into pre-service prayer like, oh, oh. are you okay? Yeah, I'm fasting. <laughs> when did you start this morning? <laughs> it's 8 a.m. It's a spiritual battle, it's my affliction to bear. Like, don't be dramatic, drawing attention to yourself, and at the same time, don't be the other person that's you're weird. Where you're at a small group, and they're like, "Hey, you want an hors d'oeuvre? I made these." You're like, "No, no, get those away from me." Are you hungry? I'm very hungry. Well, are you fasting? Yeah. I don't want to lose my reward. If someone asks you if you're fasting, just say, "Yeah, I'm fasting." Okay, come on, to your neighbor, say, "Don't be weird." So you're not drawing attention to yourself. You're not. You're not keeping it a secret. You're not hiding it. You're processing it. Let me give you some more practical advice. Okay, just warn you: your flesh will be provoked. You may be a wee bit grumpy and irritable. This might be one of my greatest characteristics when I'm, and we had to learn this in our marriage and kids, okay? Like your little kid ran up to you, your little kid ran up to you, they're like, Dad, you're like, what? I love you. You told me already. (laughs) Like you're just, You just have this irritability to you. So you have to, you have to be ready for it. Come on, we're denying flesh. You wanna be wise in your fasts. Like I don't recommend a 40-day prune juice fast. It's just not wise. At the same time, I've heard a lot of people say, I've heard pastors say, you might wanna consult your doctor before fasting. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what? Like the doctor that told you to get boosted 20 times? Half the church is clapping, half are so mad right now. They're like, it was only three. (laughs) Like, I, I don't know if fasting is healthy. Where's that buffet at? Hold on a second. There's a lot of great godly doctors and how many know we need more of them? But there's also some corrupt, evil, wicked doctors. that are giving sexually affirming care to children to change their genders and mutilate their bodies. So I don't want to get spiritual advice from a doctor that thinks men can give birth. So, should you d- use wisdom? Yes. If you're pregnant, you probably should be fasting food because you and the baby are not in unity on it. But I, I, I see this over and over where, where unspiritual leaders encourage people to go in, in, in maybe. Give away the decision to fast based on some carnal doctor's opinion. So I'm not saying ignore common sense. What I am saying is I want you to be spiritual people. Amen? Amen. Some things I do when I'm fasting is I take powdered vitamins and protein in my juices to help me with energy levels. Uh, let, Let me talk to the people that are young in their faith. Don't worry about doing this wrong. Don't worry about doing it wrong. It's not that there's a right or wrong way. It's the whole point of this is to please the Lord, to discipline your flesh, to deny your flesh, and to pursue things of the Spirit. Couple more things. Teach your kids about fasting. Invite them in to fast with you. So kids need food to grow, but they don't need sugar to grow. They don't need video games to grow. They don't need TV to grow. There's other things that kids can fast that will help them learn the spiritual disciplines. I would encourage you to to start having a conversation with your children about things that they would like to fast. Uh, Here's a really important one for everyone who's who's young in the faith. If you fail, start over. I'll get a message every single January, first week, two weeks into the fast, someone, Pastor, I'm weak. (laughs) When I smelled the tacos. I just got in line, (laughs) I was led by my flesh, not my spirit. Okay, listen, or maybe you're like Pastor Jasmine, when she, sometimes when she's struggling in her fast, she licks Doritos. Some religious person's like, I knew she was a Dorito licker. Listen, if you mess up or if you fail, start over. Start the next day, keep going. Come on, someone shout, keep going. Okay, this is important. Listen, when you're fasting, it's not about doing it right or right or wrong, but it is about pushing yourself. So this, this is not intermediate fasting, that's your workout plan that you're partnering with the church. It's not what this is. This, you should feel it. You should be in your flesh uncomfortable. It should cause you to be denied. That's how you know when your fast is working. And then here's one last thing, is uh, pray about where to break your fast. And the Lord started speaking to me on fast, different places to break it. One time, uh, Pastor Steve and I uh, flew to Israel to break a fast at the Western Wall before we planted the church, because that's where God told us to go. We've broken it in DC, we've gone to California, different places. Uh, Really cool, actually, last year, I was waiting, asking the Lord, where are we supposed to break the fast? And I didn't hear him speak to me. And finally the last week of the fast, I, I said, Heather, I said, I think we're just supposed to go in Dallas and pray. She'd go like, that's what the Lord told me. So we ended up at the apartment building that used to be the courthouse where Roe V. Wade was handed down. And we went into the bushes and one of the members of the church gave me this little metal spike stake it had First Chronicles 4.10, expanding territory written on it. We went in the bushes in the garden next to, at the courthouse, planted or put a stake in the ground. And Heather and I on our knees asking the Lord there to overturn Roe v. Wade, breaking our fast in Dallas. Watch this. Now we're going back on January 22nd, almost one year later, less than a year later, thanking God for the victory that it didn't make it 50 years. And this is really important. Lou Wingle and Dutch seats and the Fords and many others have been conti- uh, petitioning heaven and praying for that to be overturned for decades. I'm just saying that was one prayer and in the millions of prayers that were praying for that, but it was a specific place that the Lord told us to break the fast. So ask the Lord maybe where he would call you to go and break the fast. Someone's like, I just really feel Hawaii in my spirit. <laughs> There's that goddess at the beach, principality that just must be torn down. (laughs) Okay, let me give you seven benefits, seven spiritual benefits of fasting, seven spiritual benefits of fasting. Okay, number one, why you should be fasting, because you spiritually grow. I asked last week, or last time I ministered, I said, who wants to spiritually grow? Everyone's hand lifted, and that's why you come to Mercy Culture, is because you really want to spiritually grow. This is, for many of you, the next step in spiritually growing. If you go read on your own, Matthew chapter six, go read the entire chapter, Jesus is teaching about the standards or the practice of Christian life. And he highlights three things in in Matthew chapter six, giving, praying, and fasting. And the reason why, because giving, giving, praying, and fasting are three areas that directly reflect your spiritual maturity and your spiritual growth. What are you saying, Pastor? Are you saying if I don't give, if I don't fast, and I don't pray, I'm not gonna grow? Yes. That's what I just said. And this is why a lot of people don't break through because you struggle with giving, you struggle with your prayer life, and you struggle with fasting, and then you stay in that same place for years. So this is something that you wanna intentionally be tackling. Is it still hard for me to give or has it become easy in the presence of God? Is my prayer life still weak, or has it become easy in the presence of God in my daily encounters? And have I grown in my ability to fast, these are things that are going to help you expose where you are in your spiritual strength. But here's the great thing, is instead of looking at it as hindrances, looking at it as avenues. This is how I spiritually grow in my ability to give. This is how I spiritually grow in my daily encounters in my prayer life. And this is how I grow in fasting. Here's why fasting is such, it, 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 it's, it's this beautiful fast growth that takes place. Because I have given this definition over and over, spiritual growth happens, deliverance happens when you deny your flesh and you feed your spirit. Remember I said that over and over for weeks? Okay, fasting does it at the same time. That's why you grow so fast in fasting. Because you are denying your flesh and feeding your spirit at the same time. Number two, fasting increases spiritual authority. Matthew chapter 7, 17 is a, a reference where the disciples were trying to cast out a demon, but they could not. They asked Jesus, why did you cast it out and we couldn't? His response, some only come out through prayer and fasting. What's wild is, is Heather and I have both been on multiple 40-day fasts where we asked the Lord for authority. One year, we were, pr- we were praying for authority. At the same time, didn't even realize that this is what we were both believing God for and were part of naming our fasts. And here's the thing, is I've watched this happen over and over. I saw it with Pastor Jasmine, who's been on many uh, fast, 40-day fasts, and there'll be these moments where I'll watch her spiritually lead or I'll see Heather spiritually leading, and all of a sudden, I will like, whoa, there's a new authority on them. Where did that authority come from? It wasn't just some random day that they walked into a new spiritual authority. It was back in the fast. It was a year ago. It was six months ago. It was something that they were contending for in the spirit. That now that they're walking in, that's one of the difficult things about fasting. Is a lot of people don't realize the benefits when they're in it, but those breakthroughs and those the, 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 those, those those authority that authority comes after it. There's this amazing spiritual authority that comes in fasting. Number three, fasting produces humility. Humility is the first and primary characteristic of Jesus where he humbled himself to become man and come to earth. And pride is the first and primary character of Satan. Oh, how you have fallen our morning star, his pride. Pride comes before the fall. Fasting is the pursuit of humility. Fasting keeps you from exalting yourself. Even last service when I was ministering this, I I felt that there's individuals in our church and in our community that you're successful and you're crushing it. And it's been an expanding territory year. And what I felt in my spirit as I was ministering, as I was preaching the sermon, was that some of you needed the fast to clothe yourself in a humility that's necessary for you to sustain what God's doing in you. Cindy Jacobs came and prophesied that there is gonna be multiple millionaire, kingdom anointing, kingdom business leaders in our community. If you don't have the humility to sustain that, it'll destroy you and your family. You need humility to sustain greatness. And here's the thing when you're fasting, you don't feel great. So it will keep you from thinking you're great. Number four, this might be my favorite, you hear God when you're fasting. Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word out of the mouth of the Father. Do you know he's saying this on his fast? Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus is saying this to Satan on the fast. I won't live on, every, on, every, on bread alone, but every word out of the mouth of God. One way I describe it is you have this spiritual sensitivity or what I call a knowing. And not to sound kooky, but when you're on a fast, it's like you, you, you have this awareness of what God is saying and doing all the time. And I found this numerous time in extended fasts around the 30th day, where you'll just know decisions to make, know what you're supposed to do. Almost like you've seen a movie, but you haven't seen the movie, but you know the storyline. Like you could feel the heart of God on fast. I'm encouraging you, when you pray and fast, you will hear God. Number five, deliverance takes place. Matthew chapter four, again, let's look at it again. After Jesus had fasted, it says this, the devil left him. There are some things that you will experience supernatural deliverance in only when you're fasting. We were evangelists for years and there's this one person that was a part of our, our ministry and she had struggled with her health for years and one time I was in prayer and I felt like her breakthrough was in a fast and we're all going to be fasting together corporately. And I said, Hey, um, she came to me and said, "Uh, you know, my, because of my health issue, I can't fast. And I said, would you go back and pray and ask the Lord what you're supposed to do? And I didn't want to come to her and and, and use my, my place of spiritual authority in her life and tell her, no, no, you got to fast and God told me and you need to do what God told me to do for you to do. I just said, would you just go pray? And She went away. I don't know if she prayed or not but she didn't do the fast and to my knowledge to this day she's still struggling with the exact same thing. Here's what I'm telling you. There is breakthrough and deliverance in fasting. And if God has breakthrough and deliverance for you why wouldn't you want to go and pursue it? Watch. If you've tried everything that the doctors have said to do and you're not better I would encourage you to ask God what kind of fast that you're supposed to do. Number six, fasting opens divine doors or what I call God opportunities. Esther chapter four, verse 16, she's calling all of Israel to pray. And she says, I'm gonna go and stand before the king, but here's the problem. If you weren't invited to come see the king, the moment you entered his courts, they would cut off your head. If you did not have the favor of the king, you would die trying to approach the king. But she called all of Israel to a fast and she said, maybe God will open a divine door. When I did our very first, my very first 40-day fast, I was fasting about planting this church. And I so badly did not want a pastor that it took a 40-day fast to get in front of me and I was wrestling with the Lord about it, and so I said, I feel like I need to spend the last 40 days of being 33 killing my flesh. And so I told Pastor Zane, I said, I feel like the Lord's calling me on my first 40-day fast. And Pastor Zane said this, he said, sometime next year, something's gonna happen, and you're gonna hear the Lord say, this is a result of the fast. So then I started the fast. About a year later, about 12, 13 of us came to Fort Worth. We're praying about starting a church. It was uh, the Panates and the Sevilles, Heather and I, Pastor Jasmine, Justine, Ev, we're all, we're, we rented a house, we're casting the vision, and then I got introduced to, to Gateway, and Pastor Tom Lane of Gateway said, hey, why don't, you, why don't you pause planting your church, don't do it for a year, come and serve with us as an intern for a year, and then we'll send you as your apostolic covering. He said, why don't you pray about it? We're sitting down together in a restaurant and the moment he said, why don't you pray about it, I heard the audible voice out loud say, this is a result of the fast. I had so many young preachers and church planters say, how, how'd you get Gateway to be your sending church? How did, how did you get that favor on your life? How'd you get them to do that? Friends, you don't get them to do anything. Watch, you hear God and obey. They are hearing God and obeying. And that supernatural door begins to open. Someone needs to get this in your spirit today. Your fast will open a supernatural door that your education can't open, your connections can't open, the favor of God on your life at current state won't open. Listen, you don't have the pedigree. You don't have the connection. It takes God. And the fast will open those doors. The seventh and final reason or spiritual benefit of fasting is it prepares the way for miracles. Again, in Matthew chapter four, Jesus is fasting. And right after he fasts, he begins his ministry and his ministry was laced in miracles. In fact, scripture says that not enough books in the world could capture everything God did. That's how many miracles were taking place. Your fast prepares the way for miracles. So we are this little church plant. We planted in a high school by TCU called Paschal High School. We were one month in to planting our church. And on a Friday, I was in this sanctuary praying. They'd let me come in here and pray. And I'm at this altar on my knees, and I hear the Lord speak to me and said, I'm giving you this place. So I said, Lord, then I give it back to you. It'll never be mine, it will always be yours. I took a picture of the moment, I wrote it down, documented it, and then I told no one. Didn't tell Heather, didn't tell anybody. Two months later, it was the first of August, I get a call from Pastor Tom Lane of Gateway. He said, the Lord spoke to me this morning. He said, he told me to tell you something. I said, what did he say? He said, he told me to tell you, be aggressive about your building. And the moment he said aggressive, I didn't hear the word aggressive. I heard the word fast. Because fasting is spiritual aggression. I did another 40 day fast. I walked around this building every day for 40 days. On the seventh day, I walked around seven times. And every day I said, Lord, if you give us this place, we'll give it back to you. It'll never be ours, it will always be yours. That's where the You Could Have It All song came from. Lord, it's yours. On the last day, I went and met with the leadership. I said, God told me he's gonna give me this place. And I understand how arrogant, arrogant that might sound. So the only thing that could wash away the arrogance is by washing your feet. I washed their feet, I prayed with them. We own this church three months later. I love you all, that's a lame response. Mm. Hold on, hold on, you're not getting it. You're not getting it, you're not getting it. it. You're You're not getting it because the spiritual immature person thinks I'm talking about a building. See, that was that was January 2020, where two months later a global pandemic would hit. And what would happen if this church didn't have a home? Watch, do you realize now that Nate Shatzlein was just sworn in this week as a state representative? Hold on, how he's now passing laws that are gonna affect our our, our 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 nation, that are gonna affect our state. Listen, children's children, children are gonna be affected. Do you realize there would be no Nate Schatzline in that role? Do you realize it would not be a, 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 for liberty and justice or a, a justice reform, an axel? There wouldn't be a distinct business. Do you understand what I'm saying to you right now? We would not be here together in this moment. You would not have a church that you would call home. There wouldn't have been that small group moment where you got baptized in the Holy Ghost and your life was changed forever. You want to have that moment of restoration with your marriage that he sets you free and changed you. You want to have that deliverance moment right down here on this altar. Listen, it was never about a building, it was about miracles. Where would you be without your God encounters? It's not about a building. It's about what God's doing in us. It's what He's doing in this city. How did this happen? How many people have asked me how, how 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 did Mercy Culture happen? No, no, they 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 want us to put together the formula. Well, if I. If I give a certain percentage to Israel, then if we don't take offerings, and if we do this, and if, wait, 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 how long are your services? <laughs> Too long. <laughs> and even after we dismiss, people don't leave. <laughs> it's prayer and fasting. And God has done it. Do you understand that people get together and they write dumb songs to try to get popular on the radio? That's the goal, that's the strategy. And this worship team just goes and pursues the Lord and heaven falls. Do you realize they just that song on, on Thursday night was just from a prayer, no spirit but the Holy Spirit? They just steward what's on this house. What I'm trying to tell you is that a few of us have fasted. But well, what would happen What would happen if all of us started spiritually growing, started hearing God, walked in humility, had the authority from heaven, experiencing open doors, experiencing miracles? What would happen if the thousands of people that call Mercy Culture Church home would take on this disposition of prayer and fasting? You say, hold on, hold on, hold on. This series is called Easy. I know there's something coming. <laughs> because I can't get past how hard fasting is. And some of you just can't get your eyes off the food. And your stomach. And what it might feel like. And the truth is, this is wild. A lot of people that are afraid, you've never even tried You just partnered with the spirit of fear and a lie. You remind me of Adam and Eve in the garden right now. The spirit of the Lord is saying, deny. Do you know how you make it easy? There's a grace for it. Let me show you. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 12. Look at this. But my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, or dunamis, is made perfect in weakness. This is absolute polar opposite of everything we try to be. If I could be strong enough, if I could be more powerful, if I could have influence, if I could work hard enough, if I could do all of these things you know, Paul said this, it's all you need is my grace. Now, unfortunately, grace has been abused and misused and, and, and it's taught for years. So when I'm talking about grace, I'm talking about this uncommon, unfair favor. And if you translate this in the Greek and Hebrew, it actually means this, grace is God leaning towards you. Watch this, watch this. How does fasting become easy? Because he's in the fast, already leaning towards you. And then you enter the fast, leaning towards him. I'm telling you, there's God encounters inside your fast. And he's calling you into an encounter. And there will be a grace. Someone say grace. There will be a grace. There will be a favor. There will be this outstretched leaning. Kind of reminds me of when Peter was walking on water. Where even though he was struggling in the moment, his grace reached out and grabbed him. Fasting becomes easy in the presence of God because he reaches out and holds you. Worship team, come and join me. Genesis chapter 25, story that we opened up with is the story of Jacob, Esau, and the birthright. Many of you are familiar with it. Esau went out hunting and he was hungry and he desired this red stew. Says this in verse 30. And Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that stew, for I am exhausted. Scripture says, Therefore, his name was called Edom. Edom signifies what is red. It was red from the lintels of the red dirt of the earth. His name was named prophetically, for this was not an accident. Because Esau desired the red things of the earth or the things of the world more than the things of his father. They named him Edom or called him Edom because he was a man who was worldly. His brother deceived him. Said, if you sell me your birthright. Now, you know what your birthright was? The birthright was double honor from the father, went to the eldest son. The birthright was a double portion of inheritance, naturally and spiritually. The birthright meant he was next in line financially, he was next in line in honor, this is really important. And the birthright was this sacred ceremony that was a once in a lifetime opportunity between the father and a son. I'll say it this way. The birthright was a God encounter with the father and a son. And Esau said this, I would rather have stew than a God encounter. I would rather have food watch than this encounter with my father. And he traded his future for food. (laughs) You know how I write sermons? I sit in my office. I say, Lord, what do you want to tell the people? And I wait for him to speak to me. And I was in my office, and he just said to me, soup. said lord that's that verse is not on fasting it's on eating he said exactly holy spirit said what if esau fasted what if he would have been able to fast or deny for the encounter with the father What if you were willing to fast and deny for God encounters? He's in the fast. He's in there. And he's calling you. He's beckoning you. Nathan, like the trail where you find him on there. He's wooing you into this place when you're weak and he can show you how strong he is. He's calling you. I want every member of this church to know that January 2nd through February, put it up on the screen. I'm calling you to a 40-day fast. If you're oh, don't clap, don't clap, just live, just let me just just let me minister. If you are a member of this church, if I'm your pastor, if you're a part of this community, I'm calling you to a 40-day fast. I'm calling you to a season of denying. What could happen in this community? What could happen in this church? What could happen in Fort Worth? What could happen in Waco? What could happen in Dallas? What could happen in your mercy culture communities? If we took the first 40 days, I was praying this year, as we're leading into the vision of this house, And typically, we do 21-day fasts. Ah, wow. And I felt the Lord say, it's not enough this year. Because there's been too much favor on this house. We have to go lower. We have to go deeper. I'm doing this like we do Heart for Mercy. Where we tell you at the beginning of March, the offerings at the end of March so that you can pray through March. I'm telling you at the beginning of December because the beginning of January, we're gonna fast. I'm gonna say this again. I'm asking everyone, 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 everyone online, every online campus member, if this is your church, if this is your home, if I'm your pastor, I'm calling you to a fast. I'm inviting every single person who can, do a liquid fast, do a Daniel fast, do a partial fast. If you're pregnant, fast your favorite thing. I don't care what you fast ask the Lord what you're supposed to fast I'm asking you to deny I'm asking you to enter in this year I'm trying not to get ahead of myself into January but there's something that's going to be powerful that's going to be released not in our strength as a church but in our weakness as a church that we're going to see the greatest exploits of God. Ah, I feel this so strong in my spirit. In 2023 will be the year that you will be the strongest you've ever been. But it's going to take you to go to the weakest place you've ever been. Forty days. Of spiritual growing. Sport 40 days of hearing God, 40 days of open doors, 40 days of breakthrough, 40 days of miracles, 40 days of hearing God, 40 days. And there will be grace for it.